Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Sumawong. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Matt Bill from Fulton Financials join us. Matt, I would love for you to introduce yourself, your role, and your organization to our audience. Well, good morning, Shauna, and thank you, everyone, for uh, the opportunity to chat with you today. As Shauna mentioned, my name is Matt Bills, uh, and I live in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and work for Fulton Bank. Uh, Fulton Bank is a regional bank that covers five states, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Maryland, Delaware, and Virginia, and has roughly $22 billion in assets. In my current role, I'm the Sales Enablement and CRM Director, and we get the opportunity to support roughly 750 salespeople uh, across our different business lines. And I think the unique part uh, around our sales enablement function is that we're made up of three unique areas. Uh, we're made up of sales reporting. So think about pipeline management, uh, dashboard creation, scorecard and incentive tracking. We have a sales activation area. So campaigns, sales technology, in-field support. And then we do lead CRM strategy for the organization. So that's platform enhancements, user adoption, uh, and training for the organization as well. Fantastic. Well, I'm really excited that you're able to join us today, Matt. And I, I want to start by talking a little bit about uh, the CRM component of your role. Can you share with our audience some strategies that you have in improving the CRM experience for your sales teams and also ensuring that it's used effectively and efficiently? Yeah, well, I guess I'd start off by saying that contrary to popular belief or maybe some articles that are out there, uh, we do believe that CRM is not dead uh, and certainly has a place within within our sales teams. And I think it's it's very much alive when done right. And and when I when I talk about you know being done right, we we have a few different areas that we try to focus on from a CRM standpoint, and that goes beyond you know kind of purely the tracking means. And I think that's where you know, CRM gets a negative connotation and where sometimes your salespeople don't want to utilize CRM because it's viewed as, you know, big brother, uh, always watching over them and making sure that they're uh, working day in and day out. And so one of the things that, that we really focus on is how do we bring more information and insights to our salespeople so that they're able to produce and sell more uh, when they're out in the field. And, and some of that is by utilizing third-party providers to add information into our CRM platform. And part of that is by asking our sellers to enter information as they have conversations with customers as well. And so we take all of that data and, and those insights and we utilize that uh, to try to bubble up the best opportunities as possible for our sales salespeople. So instead of giving somebody 50, 50 opportunities, let's give them 10 or 15 of the best based on certain characteristics that we feel like have the highest propensity to convert. And I think that starts to get uh, buy-in from, from your salespeople uh, in terms of wanting to use it, wanting to add information into the system because they know it's going to give them a better output on, uh, on the other end. I think the other thing I'd add, Shauna, to that is is embedding your sales processes with your sales tools. So not forcing people out of what they're currently doing on a day-to-day -day basis just to track or manage something uh, in CRM so that you can run a report on them. Uh, I think we've, we've really tried to add enough value into CRM that, it, that it's embedded in a sales process. Um, you're doing what you normally do as a salesperson 
but you're using uh, the data, the information, and the technology in order to enhance your experience so that it's it's all commingled uh, in, into, into one platform. So I think one of the best examples maybe I'd use of that is, you know, we've built an account opening process uh, with our consumer team where they actually go through some questions and answers with, uh, with a customer and all of that information uh, is a guided process that we've built within CRM. So selfishly, we get the benefit of getting more information from a customer standpoint that we can use for other areas. Uh, but the benefit and value for our salespeople is we're giving them relevant questions to ask. Uh, they look uh, really engaged and informed uh, when they're face-to-face -face with a customer, and then they're able to leverage that information as, uh, as they manage relationships moving forward. So just a couple examples of how we're trying to be effective and efficient from a data and a build standpoint within CRM in order to have it be leveraged really well from our salespeople. I think that's a very thoughtful approach. Now, I, I do want to span though beyond CRM because your role also encompasses sales enablement. And I want to understand some of the other, from your perspective, critical components to a sales enablement technology stack. Um, you know, we like to keep this podcast relatively vendor neutral, but what types of tools do you think are most beneficial for sales enablement, particularly in the financial services industry? Yeah, so we try to keep our tech stack pretty straightforward. So obviously CRM, which we just talked about, um, we have a content management platform that we uh, that we utilize for our uh, salespeople. That's something that we want to continue to build and enhance. We probably don't have that uh, all the way uh, right at this point. Um, so we're still we're still working through how we want to build that out. Do we have the right content uh, that's bubbled up for people? And then the last piece that we use is really an industry information tool. Uh, that allows them to better understand, you know, what's happening in the dentistry industry, for instance. Um, what are some of the risks? What are some of the trends? Uh, what does some of the financial forecasts look like? And and those pieces all help our people hopefully build really strong relationships with the customers that they're working with. Um, add an additional layer so that they are very informed as they head into a meeting um, and so that they can differentiate hopefully by asking really relevant questions. It's not just, do you want a bank account? You know, what kind of loan would you like? It's, it's really engaging customers and understanding what's happening in your industry. What are some of your plans as a business owner to either overcome some of those risks that are happening or to leverage some of the opportunities that are happening in that industry? And then how do we then service up the right content so that they can follow up on that meeting or even during that meeting with tangible items that that we're able to assist customers with or just relevant white papers or industry articles that might um, be interesting from from a customer standpoint. So pretty straightforward from a tech stack, you know, CRM, content management, industry information. But uh, we're really focused on how do we integrate all of those really well with with one another. Haven't solved that yet, but it's still, you know, it's kind of a work in progress in terms of how we bring that overall environment together. Absolutely. Now, obviously, right now, we're in a little bit of a period of economic uncertainty. Um, from your perspective, how can leaders use sales enablement tools to support their business objectives, both short term and long term? So the tools that we provide our people should make them seem very relevant from a customer prospect and COI perspective. And a lot of the content that we've been putting into our content management platform today has been very uh, COVID-19 oriented. So, you know, from a financial industry standpoint, that means 
uh, it's market information. So how do people uh, see the market volatility and how should they be reacting to that? Um, what do their investment strategies look like? What are our perceptions of where the market's headed? Um, other areas in terms of how we're helping customers through the you know kind of COVID process in terms of maybe your doors aren't open. So what does that mean from a loan or deposit standpoint with, uh, with your relationship with us? So a lot of the information has been very much um, industry oriented, um, economic uh, from, from that perspective. And it's less about what, what we have to offer. And it's more about things that our customers should really be thinking about, or you know, maybe programs that they're able to leverage. And, and I think that shifts the, the dynamic from a, from a team member perspective with, with our salespeople. It's less, you know, prospecting and trying to win business. And it's more, you know, how can we, how can we help you uh, during this, this period of, of really challenging economic, you know, uncertainty and, and how can we get the right information to our people so that they're, they're talking to the right customers who maybe need additional guidance or, you know, are potentially going through, you know, really challenging times at this point. So I think that's where, you know, sales enablement can really step in and show uh, a lot of value for, for sales teams is how do we make them look more relevant? You know, how do we give them more opportunities to talk to the right customers at the right time with the right information? And how do our customers ultimately feel like we understand them in deeper, more meaningful ways? And we're there to support them through, through a lot of these challenging situations. Absolutely. Now, I want to talk a little bit, though, about adoption, because when it comes to sales enablement tools, that can often be a challenge, particularly with sales reps. And I imagine, especially right now, given that, you know, sales teams are, are either working remote or widely dispersed. So how can organizations drive adoption of sales and sales enablement technology in the field? So a couple points on driving overall adoption, and you know we've had a really long journey. Well, I say long; it's really eight years uh, from from a Fulton Bank standpoint in terms of building out a sales enablement function. We didn't always call it sales enablement, but there, there's a lot of key things I think that uh, that we were able to leverage and do fairly well. That I think other people can can take from that. Obviously, make it your own and then institute it in in your own organization. The first one is really around gaining leadership buy-in. Um, to me, without leadership buy-in, nothing that we do will matter. Um, the people that we work with don't report to us, so I can tell them and ask them and show them to do a variety of things. Uh, but at the end of the day, they don't, they, they don't need to do that. They don't answer to me. So you know, gaining leadership buy-in around the critical components that you're instilling in your organization helps drive the need and value from a salesperson perspective to use those things and make them really actionable for your organization. The second piece is being able to show the value of what we're asking our salespeople to do. And I think that's a different shift. Uh, it's not about what we want our salespeople to do uh, from our perspective that we think will make them effective for their job. We really need to do a really good job of showing them why it's more valuable for them to walk down our process maybe versus their the current process that they're doing. And that could be, you know, more effective at what they're doing from a sales standpoint that could be more efficient um, and saving them time in in their current process but it's gotta it's got to bring them value in order for them to be engaged and want to and want to move with you in that direction the third one would be embedding your sales tools into their sales process 
So, you know, don't make your people go through a certain process to use your technology. Um, we should be looking at ways to bring our technology to wherever our salespeople are. So if you're an Outlook or any other uh, email function and you're corresponding with a customer, we want to bring all of our technology to that moment so you don't have to go search for it elsewhere. If you're in CRM, let's bring all the tools that we have to that point so that you don't have to search for it. Um, so it's, it's not about making our salespeople step out of their current process. It's about driving all of our tools and resources to them wherever they are, in their car, in their office, at home, you know, day, night, anywhere in between. How do they always have access to the tools and resources that, that will make them better at what they do each and every day? And then the last one that I would share is creating a feedback loop with, with your sales team. You know, two-way communication is really critical in order for sales teams to feel like you are delivering on the resources and tools that they need to be successful. And sometimes we get that right. And sometimes there are things that we, uh, that we build and we produce and we're like, you're gonna love this. And they're like, we hate it. Um, but what we need to create that feedback loop so that, so that they know that they're being heard. And we wanna know if we build something that, that doesn't work really well because we wanna fix it right away. Um, and so being able to create that two-way communication allows us to build a pipeline of things that we want to build that are relevant for our sales team. And it also gives us really good, clean feedback right away if we've strayed maybe on a path that, uh, that, that our sales teams don't agree with and, and won't really help them in the field. So a couple items there for, uh, for you to maybe take back to your organization and things that we've found have uh, have really gained a lot of momentum for us um, and have put us into uh, lots of different critical conversations within the company. That's fantastic. Those are four really great points. So thank you for expanding on those. Now, I, I want to shift just a little bit because we've been talking a lot about technology. Um, and I want to talk about some of the sales initiatives, sales enablement initiatives that you've been um, executing within your organization. You touched on uh, quite a few during your introduction. And I would love to understand, you know, some of the business metrics that have been most important in demonstrating the success of some of those sales enablement initiative areas. Yeah, it's kind of the holy grail of sales enablement, isn't it? Being able to tie revenue directly to the work that you're doing and saying, hey, you wouldn't have seen this revenue with, with without us. Um, so I, I can't say that we are... Um, we're 100% there where, where we're able to tie every single thing that we do and are able to say, hey, you know, 20% of that effort was because of, because of sales enablement. But, you know, like most organizations, we look at typical metrics for the projects we're running. So that could be, you know, call rates, conversion rates, uh, booked business, uh, win rates from, from that standpoint. But we're really big on sales velocity, which I'm sure all of you know and are familiar with. It's an industry, um, industry measurement. And, and what, what it really allows us to do, I'm less concerned about the output of the equation, and we're more focused on the levers that both our sales people and our sales leaders can, can pull. So, you know, we look at things across sales velocity, like win rates, deal size, number of opportunities, and obviously the equation is divided by sales cycle, but, but each of those four areas give give our people the opportunity to say, you know, what's the right mix for me in order for me to grow business, both at an individual level, at a market level, uh, at an organizational level, you know, we're across five states. So 
the size of deals and loans in one area of our footprint is very different than the size of the loans in another footprint. So for me to say we have a benchmark in order for you to be successful or for us to be successful that says they need to be this size, it, it just doesn't work. So, so what this allows our team to do as we look at different projects and work with our sales team is we can do a deep dive into the metrics that really drive business success across our footprint. And that may be different uh, in different in different states. There are teams that need to uh, swim more upstream in terms of deal size. There are teams that if they would uh, tighten up their process and increase their win rates, they would be more successful. And there are areas within, within our sales team where we do need to drive uh, more opportunities to them. So then that kicks off another process around you know, lead management. So if we need to get you more uh, opportunities, then we need to think further up the funnel and and understand, okay, well, how many how many more leads or what types of leads do we need to give you in order for them to generate more opportunities? So I think a very simple formula around sales velocity provides a launching point to a myriad of conversations that you can have with your business leaders, and you can tie a variety of those metrics to many different sales initiatives uh, across the board. And so ultimately what we're doing is then, you know, tracking all of those metrics, you know, month over month, year over year, you know, quarter over quarter uh, to understand how are the dynamic, uh, di the dynamics of those, those different areas changing? You know, are we seeing success? Did we actually convert more opportunities because we gave you a different lead set? Um, and, and, that, and that snowballs from there into into a variety of different avenues. Excellent. Well, yeah, I just have one last question for for you, Matt. Um, and obviously, no one has a crystal ball, and everything is quite radically changing right now. But how do you envision sales enablement evolving over the next year and beyond? Yeah, I see sales enablement really stepping into larger roles um, in creating seller systems. So if you've um, you know, you've been on uh, Forrester, seeing you know some industry information that uh, that continues to evolve around the sales enablement function growing, you know I think one of the one of the big trends is how do we have sales enablement professionals be more involved in building the systems that our salespeople use uh, within the organization, and that obviously goes beyond. CRM. And when you step back and think about it, it, it really makes perfect sense. You know, there's no one better, I believe, in the organization that's able to understand both the technology business requirement side of, of the company, as well as the salespeople, what do we need in order to be successful side of the company and be able to marry the two together in order to take a much larger ownership role in, and how do we bring those systems to life? How do we build and integrate those systems across um, across the company? And so I think you know I think that's a major leap for for some sales enablement uh, departments within within organizations is you know how do we step into this world where now we're um, running projects where we have IT, we have sales, but the ownership of of all of those initiatives is really led by us and our organization. I think that also gives you know, a continued effort around sales enablement um, becoming larger and more, you know, what I'll say is senior level roles within within the organization because we have such a wide ranging uh, scope with uh, within the company. And, and I think that that just means, you know, there are more and more 
opportunities for sales enablement professionals as we continue to open up new doors into areas within within organizations that we're able you know to help and uh, and and lead projects. You know, I talk with uh, with my team all the time. You know, I don't know what maybe the next job is going to be for one of my team members uh, because more often than not, it doesn't exist today. There's no job description for it. Um, but but I do know that if if we continue to grow and almost build that sweat equity within within the organization around our sales enablement function, then the opportunities are going to come and they're just going to get bigger and bigger as as we play a larger role within within the organization. So I think it all stems from uh, having more ownership in what we'll say is those selling systems uh, more broadly across the board, but then but then that will bleed into a lot of other parts within the organization. So that's how I see sales enablement growing over the next couple of years. I think that is spot on, spot on. Thank you so much, Matt. I really appreciate you joining and providing your insights today. It's been a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Appreciate it. To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.